Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks. Well, this is one of the reasons I love taking your phone calls on this show is no matter how many news stories I print up, no matter how much I try to read opinion pieces or news stories from a variety of different stories, uh, sources, and as, as anybody who's been in our Montana Talk studios can tell you, it's, it's kind of a mess in here. I've got just uh, news stories and uh, tweets that I've printed up uh, scattered everywhere, uh, in part because you have to build your own newspaper anymore, because most of the newspapers don't uh, don't do the job. Uh, they, you know, it's it's mostly biased trash in a lot of them, especially the national outlets like uh, the Washington Post and the New York Times and others. And and then even some of the local outlets. I mean, you know, Jonathan McNiven at the Yellowstone County News is doing a good job. There's a couple of great folks at the the Lee newspapers, but mostly that you're just getting the biased uh, liberal trash. Uh, but even even if they were great news sources, you still want to read a variety of sources and listen to a variety of sources as well. And but it, it's amazing. No matter how much you read, uh, or you think you're reading. You still miss something. Uh, we had a caller from Columbia Falls uh, here recently, and a great phone call. And she was, you know, encouraging people to get involved in local school board elections, not just in school board elections, but also encouraging people to just get involved in uh, school board meetings and pay attention to the issues. And you know, we've talked a lot about critical race theory. We've talked about these absurd mask mandates and school lockdowns that harmed so many other kids but it wasn't until we had this caller from columbia falls where i had heard about uh this concept of social and emotional learning or, or at least i hadn't hadn't heard of it as as something that that was a controversial topic that was being pushed in our schools so i, I that's always kind of stuck in the back of my mind is like and so i finally reached out to some folks who are you know, follow these debates really closely and said, hey, uh, what do you know about social and emotional learning? And they're like, oh, it's it's basically critical race theory. It's just under a different name now because they know how how uh, how opposed people are to critical race theory. And they know that's become such a flash uh, point in the debate, like, for example, in in Gallatin County in the Bozeman schools. They had this uh, co- this subcommittee that was trying to push equity, and, and which is basically critical race theory. And folks showed up in mass to oppose uh, this critical race theory uh, type agenda, to where even the Bozeman schools had to back off. Right. So what is this whole social emotional learning? Uh, anyway, I've, man, I got a whole bunch of links that were sent back to me. I actually sent an email to uh, a think tank in Idaho. I guess there's an educational think tank in Idaho that's done some pretty interesting research on what this whole social-emotional learning is is all about and can detail the threat and, and how they're pushing it in, uh, how there, there are some uh, liberal activist groups in Idaho that are pushing this in the schools there. Uh, but uh, but what's interesting about this is, you know, I, I've, I've got a story literally from today at foxnews.com about this topic. I've got stories from the Washington Examiner. But if you actually read the national public radio, the NPR defense of this whole thing, you money and hit the streets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
Hey, if you're heading to the Home Improvement Show, you can register to win two pints of beer to Thirsty Street Brewing, compliments of Newman Restoration, and two $5 gift cards to the Montana Melt Food Truck, compliments of Montana Melt. You'll also be registered for the grand prize drawing for an interior-exterior window cleaning plus bonus dryer vent cleaner or Bailey's Double Garage Door. It's the place you want to be, and it's free. So, where to... Follow in this man's baby steps, and you too can give your debt-free screw home appointment. Call 800-826-9895. That's 800-826-9895. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, we've got the phone lines open for you uh, for the full hour uh, here on Montana Talks. Anything and everything you want to talk about, 406-294-0970. If you want to jump in on the conversation, you can also send us a message on the Montana Talks app as well. And then later on in the 9 o'clock hour of the show, Governor Greg Gianforte dropping by our studios. whole stack of stuff that we could potentially talk about with the governor alone. And then, uh, of course, we, we always like to hear what you want to talk about as well. He'll, he'll just be with us for the the first few minutes and then that rest of that nine o'clock hour will have the phone lines open for you as well but this was a topic i i just wanted to start with this uh, topic uh, here uh, uh this eight o'clock hour this morning because it's it's something that I, I remember one of our callers called in and talked about and and it was kind of the first time i had really heard about it and so it's you know I've, so I, I finally said you know what i'm going to go see if i can pull up some more information on this topic here uh, and uh, anyway, I, I get this national public radio story uh, from back in September of 2022, how social emotional learning became a front line in the battle against critical race theory. They, anyway, they, they point out uh, they 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 point out how now a, a number of, of conservative organizations are are putting this uh, SEL this uh, social emotional learning into the spotlight. Uh, a 2021 article in the Washington Examiner said conservative activists were calling social emotional learning a Trojan horse for both critical race theory and transgender advocacy. And then in April of 2022, another conservative group referred to it as a new variant of the CRT virus, the critical race th uh, theory virus. The Federalist uh, added this. It will be concealed as a number of different things. Most common is something including social justice, equity and diversity, multicultural education or social emotional learning, which is the most deceptive because it doesn't sound like it involves race at all. But basically, these various organizations, uh, these various conservative groups uh, and websites are saying that, yeah, that's what this is. Social emotional learning. It's their way to push this agenda, critical race theory, but just with a nicer sounding name that doesn't even have race as a part of it. That doesn't even have transgender or LGBTQ as a part of the name. So so they can make it sound like it's something that's just benign. Right. 
uh, and then, but what's interesting about this national public radio piece, which is uh, kind of kind of typical of NPR at the national level, is really they're they're laying this whole case out to try to say, oh, these conservatives are scaring everybody. They're saying they're telling everybody social emotional learning is critical race theory. But then you read the NPR piece, and in the very piece. The advocates of social-emotional learning are saying, well, yeah, we want to be more explicit about systemic racism. We're taking this SEL approach, but we want to be more explicit than we are right now. They're basically admitting that it's covert CRT, that it's covert critical race uh, theory that they're trying to push here. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's from the uh, the NPR piece of September of 2022. But, you know, I pulled up several uh, several articles, uh, Washington Examiner, for example, back in when was this October of last year? Uh, the Washington Examiner had a piece, the critical race theory to SEL education pipeline. And and in this Washington Examiner piece, uh, they said they, they were responding to NPR's report and they said, uh, sorry, you don't need to be a conservative to draw the connection between SEL and critical race theory. You merely need to be literate. Uh, and uh, anyway, and they, they go in and they, they detail how, you know, some of the, 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 the most outspoken advocates who are pushing cri- critical race theory are also the advocates who are pushing uh, this SEL as well. Uh, let's see. Here's here's one quote uh, from the Washington Examiner story itself in the transformative model. Self-awareness encompasses a student's understanding of their identity, their identity is to be understood in terms of intersectionality, a concept coined by Kimberly Crenshaw, the woman who coined the term critical race theory. This transformative SEL encourages students to understand their identity in terms of their belonging or non-belonging to identity politics categories that signify privilege or oppression. Transformative SEL also embraces, quote, culturally relative are culturally relevant and responsive pedagogy an educational philosophy pioneered by Gloria Ladson Billings, the woman who introduced critical race theory to the field of education. So that was in a uh, Washington Examiner piece. But then, you know, this morning I'm, I'm uh, scanning the news, looking at the biggest news stories of the day, and I, I see this headline from FoxNews.com. It's an uh, opinion piece by Allison Shipp who is the leader of the Cumberland County, Pennsylvania chapter of Moms for Liberty. Here's the headline. I'm a mom who who is suing my children's school district over this shocking curriculum. Pennsylvania School District pushes shocking curriculum to co-parent our kids and teach them the morality that this school dictates. And when I started reading through the article here, there you go. Uh, social emotional learning is exactly what this article is talking about. So anyway, uh, you can check out that headline at foxnews.com right now. Wanted to share that with you. And, and like I say, that's why we enjoy taking your phone calls, because when I first heard this, you know, this caller from Columbia Falls express concern about social emotional learning, I was kind of like, well, what's that? It doesn't sound bad, right? Covert. Critical race theory. 
Uh, probably sounds like the best way to describe it. All right, we'll get to your phone calls right after this, 294-0970. Securing America. There is a role to play for the Department of Defense to deter China from providing lethal aid to Russia in its war on Ukraine. What we're focused on primarily is supporting Ukraine in its fight. That's the DOD's role. DOD spokesman Brigadier General Pat Ryder. And while the U.S. government hasn't seen China provide Russia with lethal aid, Beijing also has not taken it off the table. It's something that we're going to closely monitor because, again, let's not forget about what the consequences are if they do. It will extend this conflict needlessly. It will result in more innocent lives lost uh, as Russia continues to wage its campaign against Ukrainian citizens. China has already provided non-lethal aid to Russia as the State Department continues to take lead on talks with China, privately laying out the stakes and the... Dietary needs? Easy Cater has your back with over 100,000 restaurants. Order 24-7 on easycater.com and know... We got your back! This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, good good insight here from Tim in Savage as well. Uh, you know, he's worked as a school superintendent across uh, across Montana, particularly in rural Montana. So great to hear his insight on this, and 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 it makes sense uh, the way he describes this here here as well. Talking about SEL, social emotional learning, uh, he says this. Uh, he messaged me this. Uh, SEL has been hijacked by the left. But there are some good programs that are from a conservative basis that addresses mental health needs. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting. So that would raise a good question. Okay, so so wh- where is this being done in Montana? How is this being done? I know we've had callers from Columbia Falls express concern about uh, social-emotional learning. Uh, so, you know, Because it, it would be really easy to just say, okay, we don't like any of this stuff because uh, it might be p- pushing this type of agenda. What are the programs that work? What are the programs that don't work? And, and it's also a reminder that uh, – you can have a program that works, and then the radical left will figure out a way to co-opt it and take it over and use it for their agenda. Uh, so that's uh, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, two nine four zero nine seventy, the number for you. Anything and everything you want to talk about right here on Montana Talks. Let's start with Ron in Big Fork, listening to KJJR. Ron, great to hear from you. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, I heard. Uh Sergeant Jay Nelson on the radio with you, I think, last week yeah. about the trooper um, Johnson that is severely injured. Um, and I found some interesting things yesterday. Uh, the trooper is, he gets his medical and other associated expenses paid for. Uh, however, if he does not recover um, completely and he's paralyzed, it's going to cost him out of his own pocket about $125,000 to get a vehicle that he can drive. The state doesn't cover that. Um, and it, it's with a $2.5 billion surplus, uh, something should be done. And yeah. uh, I also learned there is a, I don't have the number of it, there's a Senate bill right now um, in, in the Montana legislature about uh, enhanced retirement benefits for injured uh, first responders um, and also their retirement would be enhanced um, 
from job-related injuries. So uh, I highly recommend everyone call their state representatives and uh, put their full support between this this bill that will help the first responders. And here we, we got a young young trooper in the prime of his life, some lunatic hurts him. If the state can't stand up and uh, take care of every, all his all his needs, something's radically wrong. Yeah, I think, uh, was that you, Ron, that, uh, yeah, we, we got the latest update from uh, Sergeant Jay Nelson. He's the public information officer for the Montana Highway Patrol. Uh, you know, after uh, Trooper Lewis Johnson was uh, severely uh, wounded uh, at, following a high-speed chase and then got run over by the criminal suspect. And we mentioned, I think there's over six figures that have now been raised on the GoFundMe account uh, for him and his family, and and which is great. We encourage people to donate. But I think it was, I think it was you that said, hey, well, you know, you know, why do we have to donate to this? Because, uh, you know, the state really should be should be helping out and assisting more here. I mean, they, they cover the main medical expenses and some other things like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you that, that if, if our legislature and we can figure out a way to do more so they don't have to be so reliant on fundraisers, it just makes sense. I mean, he was wounded on the job and, and, and taking care of the family is taking care of the trooper, too. You know, a number of years ago, we had a trooper killed up here in the Kalispell area, and uh, I think it was, um, it might have been Glacier Bank or First Interstate Bank. They opened an account so you could just drop by and drop off a check or cash or whatever you wanted and bypass uh, GoFundMe, taking a slice of the pie that the trooper needs. Uh, And another thing that isn't covered, by the way, is when his wife accompanies him to... uh, um, uh, I forget where it is. It, maybe it's um, Salt Lake City um, the, for uh, neurological uh, medical care. Um, they have to find a, a babysitter for their for their young child, and that's out of his own pocket. Um, so yeah, something yeah. Be done. And, and I, 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 <clears throat> I, I hope the governor is listening to this and. Uh, he puts his full support behind this bill. Yeah, and, and I know uh, that was one of the things I was, you know, I never really have a set list of questions or topics when, when we have, uh, you know, elected officials or political candidates even join us on the show. But one thing I did want to start with was just kind of the latest uh, update on uh, uh, Montana Highway Patrol Trooper Lewis Johnson. I did see yesterday the Flathead County Sheriff's Office shared this on Facebook. Uh, Flathead County Sheriff's Office was honored to assist the Montana Highway Patrol as they asked escorted Trooper Johnson and his family uh, to Glacier Park International Airport. Trooper Johnson uh, was flying yesterday to Denver with Alert, where he will continue his recovery. So, yeah, so he is uh, he is now in Denver for his recovery there. And so all those donations are important. I know, um, I know uh, on our Montana Talks website with one of our latest updates we had about Trooper Johnson, we had a, I think it was a P.O. box where you could send checks so that, so that like, yeah, I'm with you if, if you know, obviously, hey, we encourage people to use GoFundMe if, if if that's the easiest way to provide support to the family. But, you know, if you want to make sure GoFundMe doesn't get their cut, you want to donate directly to the family. Uh, the, the Trooper Johnson, I know, uh, support folks have, have a P.O. box uh, on hand. But, 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 Ron, back to your broader point here, too, I think there's a number of things that we can and should be doing to provide increased support for our law enforcement personnel and our first responders across the board. I know, I know, uh, State Senator Barry Usher out of Billings uh, has has one bill in particular uh, that that would support 
you know, I think the families of, of fallen law enforcement officers uh, in a bigger way. Uh, even you take something like post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Uh, this was something Ron DeSantis did in Florida when he was uh, before he was even governor. Uh, there, there's a, a a Marine Corps veteran from here in Montana. He lives in Big Timber now, but when he got out of the Marine Corps, he worked as a cop in Florida, and and you know he he told me this. He he joined us on the show like two years ago, and he said he said you know the the VA saved his life because he was able to get treatment for post traumatic stress. But then on the flip side, when he when he works as a law enforcement officer and encounters similar experiences that would cause a similar post-traumatic stress here in America, if you were a law enforcement officer and you came forward and said, hey, I, I need some help, I'm, I'm having some issues, they'd kick you to the curb. Or you had the potential of being kicked to the curb. And so, so before he was Governor Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis fixed that, and they changed the law so that you couldn't kick uh, law enforcement personnel to the curb over PTSD. And so, and as I understand it, we still need to do that here in Montana. So there's a, there's a lot of things we need to do. There's a lot of work to do, isn't there, Ron? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, I'm particularly sensitive to uh, this issue with Trooper Johnson because uh, my dad was a – World War II uh, combat vet and was in the Pacific uh, on a battleship, uh, and uh, he had PTSD from that. Then he, in 1951, became a police officer, and job-related stress from that resulted in him uh, committing suicide by shooting himself. No help back then. No No, help. My mother got no pension. She didn't even get a handshake. That that can't continue any any place. And there's so many folks that are that are that are just like your dad. You know, they served in the military, they served in combat, then they come home and they they see the combat on the streets, working in as first responder, meeting our firefighters and our EMS folks. So some of the scenes they got to run up on and, and deal with. You know, same same deal there, uh, same coverage there. Uh, by the way, that that organization and Ron, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. That organization that. Uh, that uh, I was talking with at the time, which, uh, you know, that supports law enforcement uh, and first responders who are having post-traumatic stress issues. It's called T6, if I remember right, T6. It kind of a, you know, they're kind of based in Montana slash Florida. What they'll do is they'll take, you know, they'll take, uh, they'll take the law enforcement personnel from Florida and they want to get out of Florida. They want to come to Montana, you know, and do something different. So they'll bring them into the mountains of Montana. And then likewise for the law enforcement personnel from Montana, you want to get out of the cold temperatures here and you'd love to get to sunny Florida. So they'll take you to Florida uh, for part of their program. So, uh, yeah, inc- incredible organization all around. Uh, it, well, and, you know, and going back to what Ron had to say about his dad serving in the military and then serving in law enforcement, one of the most incredible stories uh, involving uh, Trooper Johnson. Uh, so Trooper Johnson, I, I read, was also in the National Guard. And the Lincoln County Sheriff's deputy, who the Johnson family will tell you, saved his life. That This Lincoln County Sheriff's deputy saved Trooper Johnson's life, immediately started providing that emergency care on the scene after he was run over. Uh, they both served together in the National Guard. 
Uh, and then here they are uh, on the streets together responding to these uh, criminal situations. And uh, and uh, that deputy being credited with saving the life of uh, the Montana Highway Patrol Trooper. Just a credible testament to service and sacrifice all around. Uh, 294-0970 is the number for you if you got something you want to talk about here on Montana Talks. Phone lines are wide open. Uh, looking at a few headlines I've got in front of me, some other topics we may be able to cover with the governor coming up here. Uh, in the uh, in the nine o'clock hour, a bill uh, that would ease the business equipment tax burden for thousands of Montanans passed the state Senate Tuesday and is now headed to Governor Greg Gianforte's desk. So uh, so that's good news. I know that's something the governor is uh, likely going to want to celebrate coming up here later on in the nine o'clock hour. More relief on business equipment taxes. These business equipment taxes are just absurd. Uh, you know, what, what, ends, what's in, what ends up happening with these business equipment taxes is, well, one, it punishes you for being successful. If you want to grow your business, you want to expand your business, well, you need more equipment. Well, then they tax you more, especially if you, if you reach a certain threshold. Well, th- but then the other thing it does is, well, what if you have your business equipment, but business ain't that good under Joe Biden's economy or something like that, Right. You're still being taxed on the business equipment. Whether business is good or business is bad, they're still taxing you on it. So that's why this relief is going to be welcome news. Hey, if you're heading to the Home Improvement Show, you can register to win two pints of beer to Thirsty Street Brewing, compliments of Newman Restoration, and two $5 gift cards to the Montana Melt Food Truck, compliments of Montana Melt. You'll also be registered for the grand prize drawing for an interior-exterior window cleaning plus bonus dryer vent cleaning, courtesy of Alpine Window Clean. Register by sending us a message on the Montana Talks app. Send us a message for your chance to win. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump right back into the phone lines, and we've got some lines open for you right now. If you got, if you want to jump in on the conversation, or if you got something you want to talk about, uh, give us a ring, and we'll be able to get you on here before we wrap up the hour. Four zero six two nine four. 0970. Next up on the phone lines, Willie in Paradise Valley. Great to hear from you. Yeah, good morning, Aaron. Uh, I, I gleaned some information yesterday from listening to uh, Mark Levin's show that I, that I didn't know. I know a lady called oh, a few months ago, you know, with this, all the money that is being spent for different things. Why don't they help these kids with the uh, student loan forgiveness? And now she don't realize that they're not just kids, all of them, but uh, I didn't realize that Obama nationalized the uh, student loan program or whatever it was, and uh, they can buy cars, they can go to Las Vegas, they can do whatever they want with that money, and why we should, as taxpayers that have paid our bills, our mortgages, our, paid into our retirement, have to pay you know, money up to these uh People that are have gotten this cheaper money, and and now they want somebody else to pay for it. But again, I didn't realize they could buy cars, and and like Mark Levin said, they can go to Las Vegas or whatever they want to do with the money. So I think it puts sheds a little different light on the situation that some people think. Well, you know, like the lady said, well, let's can we help these kids out? Well, they're not just kids, and they're not just using that money to 
really benefits. I'm not saying all of them, but the ones that uh, aren't, well, we shouldn't have to be paying that money back for them. So yeah, I just it's to basically this whole student loan handout, uh, and and let's be honest, it was a political payoff right before the midterm elections. Joe Biden and Team White House said, hey, we're worried that we're going to lose big in the upcoming midterm election. So they said, hey, let's go let's go pay off these, you know, especially some of the younger voters. And if you look at the demographics in the midterm elections, the younger voters are the ones that came out big for the Democrats. So so looks like the payoff may have have helped them in the midterm elections in 2022. But now it looks like the United States Supreme Court, at least based off of the skeptical questions that Supreme Court justices were throwing the government's way here earlier this week. It looks like the Supreme Court may be on the verge of basically shooting this whole thing down, because remember what what Joe Biden used as the excuse uh, to be able to just willy nilly whip out a pen and say, yeah, I'm going to spend hundreds of billions of dollars by, you know, forgiving these student loans, which basically what they're doing is it's a reverse Robin Hood. Instead of stealing from the rich to give to the poor, which, of course, in Robin Hood's days, that meant stealing from the government to give to the people. But anyway, it's this is a reverse Robin Hood where you're stealing from the poor working class folks to pay for the rich and all of the the years they wasted to get all of the degrees that apparently don't don't lead to to good jobs to pay those uh, student debts that they took out over all those years. So they're asking they're asking the poor to pick up the tab, the working class folks to pick up the tab, but they don't want to pay for the working class guy who, you know, bought equipment or bought a tool uh, a toolkit. They don't want to pay for that, but but they want you to pay for some spoiled brat uh, elitist uh, teacher's assistant from some college. They want you to, to pay off his student loans. It's just a sham. Exactly. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, it looks like they're going to, you know, the Supreme Court will shoot it down. And you know, you know what I'll bet you Team Biden's response will be? It'll probably be like Harry Reid when they lied about Mitt Romney not paying taxes. Well, it worked, yep. didn't it? And uh, at the end of the day, that's what they they just wanted your votes. Uh, They wanted the votes of these kids. That's what they wanted. All right, Willie, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. 294-0970 is the number for you as well. If you want to jump in uh, on the conversation right now, obviously big big story uh, in the national news is uh, Lori Lightfoot. Uh, the radical left-wing mayor of Chicago losing her re-election bid yesterday. Lori Lightfoot ousted as mayor of Chicago. First time an, an incumbent mayor in Chicago has lost uh, has lost a re-election effort. Here's uh, one of the updates from Fox News Radio. Lori Lightfoot is the first Chicago mayor in 40 years to lose their re-election bid. The race will advance to a runoff between Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson on April 4th, since none of the candidates in the field received a majority of the vote. Lightfoot came in third place with a dismal 17% she conceded late last night. With Lightfoot set to leave office, the two candidates headed into next month's runoff or are promising a safer future for the crime-ridden city. Chicago crime went up at rates not seen in decades under Lightfoot's leadership. Since she took office in May 2019, murder is up 59%, robberies spiked by 27%, theft surged by 31%, and motor vehicle theft skyrocketed by 270%. 
Good night. Did you hear those numbers about how much crime increased while Lori Lightfoot was the mayor of Chicago? I, I heard on the uh, the Fox News radio update around 7.30 this morning, She uh, they played a soundbite from Lori Lightfoot after she conceded the race last night. She only got, she came in third place. She only got 16% of the vote as the incumbent mayor. And her response was something about how she's proud that she spoke truth to power and that she brought the light to Chicago. And and my remark immediately after hearing that, that newscast was uh, she brought light to Chicago other than a whole bunch of people getting lit up under the crime wave what kind of light did Lori lightfoot bring to chicago kaylee mcenany uh who was of course the uh white house press secretary under former president donald trump she weighed in as the breaking news came in last night on sean hannity's program i yeah. stood at the podium in the white house and i called out chicago's crime because in the trump white house we cared about the victims of crime she responded and called me a karen so she had enough Ooh. time to call out the White House press secretary as a Karen rather than focusing on crime in her city. So I loved your dance moves. That was fun to watch on TikTok, although they really weren't. They weren't good. Um, but sorry, Karen here, you lost. Uh, ouch. All right, Monica. Well, you, you know what's amazing is that people in deep blue areas like New York or Chicago, Seattle, San Francisco, they will constantly vote blue and they will put up with a lot, high crime, high taxes, low quality of life until the moment that they don't. And every once in a while in these blue states and blue urban areas, they will hit a wall. And what we're seeing in Chicago tonight is that the people of Chicago have hit a wall and they have said enough. All right. So they've had enough. Now, the downside is they're probably just going to get another Democrat mayor in there who's still going to be bad, but just not as bad as Lori Lightfoot was. It kind of reminds me of the uh, San Francisco school board elections recently as well, where they went so woke. They got so bad in the San Francisco school board that uh, that even the, the voters of San Francisco had finally had enough there. But back to what Kaylee McEnany had to say there. Kaylee McEnany was talking about the crime in Chicago. Remember, Donald Trump had had openly talked about the idea of possibly sending federal resources in uh, to push back against this crime wave in Chicago. And and it was, I, I remember when, when we were on the radio at the time, I remember talking about this. Uh, it was kind of early on in Lori Lightfoot's tenure, but Donald Trump said, hey, you know what, we're going to send in the feds to crack down on the crime in Chicago. And it was so interesting to watch the back and forth and to watch the knee-jerk liberal mob media react to this story because, of course, they had to be anti-Donald Trump no matter what. And, of course, they had to back their, their liberal mayor there, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. And it was just so interesting at the time that that here's Donald Trump saying, I'm going to send the feds in to crack down on this uh, crime spree and, you know, all the, the innocent black lives that are being lost under Lori Lightfoot's uh, lack of leadership. And it was just so interesting that here's this black lesbian mayor of Chicago sounding more like Bull Connor. I mean, sounding like some some Southern Democrat. Now you keep them feds on out of here now, you hear? Now, we, we don't need you feds coming on into Chicago and pushing us around now here, you, you hear? Wow, what a fascinating time we are living in here right now, where, where the Democrats want to keep their grip on these people, where they, the Democrats just 
they, they're so holding on to their tyrannical power and, and they want to take away the Second Amendment rights of the people of Chicago with their gun control laws, just like the racist Southerners didn't want uh, African Americans to be able to own guns to defend themselves in, in the South. Same thing in Chicago today, except for instead of a racist white Southern Democrat, it's a racist black lesbian named Lori Lightfoot. And if you question me calling her a racist, what did she call Kaylee McEnany? She referred to her as a Karen, which is an attack on, it's a stereotypical white woman. She used a racist attack on the press secretary of the, uh, for the president of the United States of America. But she claims that she brought the light to Chicago. Uh, you know, again, we're in the upside down stranger things world that we are living in here in america all right 406-294-0970 do you agree do you disagree phone lines are open back after this your morning cup of sean this is the sean hannity morning minute we now have on the one hand we have the white house finally admitting the obvious and that was that COVID 19 was in fact developed by chinese scientists at the wuhan institute of virology through gain-of-function research the only people that are taking issue with it is john kirby i'm sorry not john kirby jake sullivan and corinne jean pierre they're the only one well we're not really sure yet no we're pretty sure now because the biden energy department confirmed it and the fbi has confirmed it you know what do you want it on a silver platter you know, we knew from the beginning that they did gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Virology Lab. We knew that they did coronavirus research. Oh, but it likely came from a wet market. No, it likely did not come from a wet market. The conservative underground meets later today on The Sean Hannity Show. Hey, this year you can finally get started on that home makeover that you deserve. Now you can upgrade to sleek new window coverings thanks to our friends at Blinds.com. Right now, save up to 40% off site-wide on premium custom window treatments. And if you need help in your selection, well, talk to a Blinds.com professional design expert. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 40% off site-wide, up to 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. What happens if you don't file your taxes? I'm Ginny Cosola with your Fox Business Tax Tip. Coming up after this. Get the latest business news on your time. It's the Fox Business Hourly Report. The Dow rising 104 points. Updated from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. And we'll get a better idea of how the economy was holding up. Just ask Alexa or go to foxnewspodcasts.com. You're only required to file a tax return if you're making money. CPA Stephen Zellin, president of Zellin & Associates, says the IRS receives tax information from your employer. If you don't have any income or very little income, then chances are... 
nothing is going to happen. But if you are earning money and don't file, the IRS will take over the process. It's called a substitute for return. You know, that may not be the most beneficial thing for you. you- e. Clean nose, healthy life. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, we got a message here from Dennis and Bozeman. Uh, I'm asking for a friend here. Are we allowed to declare Zelensky as a dependent when we're filing our tax returns? Uh, can we declare Zelensky as a dependent when filing our tax returns? Man, if you could, you'd get a lot of money back on your taxes, uh, wouldn't you there, Dennis? All right, Dennis, thanks for the message. Uh, you can message us on the Montana Talks app, or better yet, we can hear your comment in your own words. Two nine four zero nine seventy. Larry in Kalispell next up on the phone lines. What's going on, Larry? Well, I've just been listening to uh, the comments on the student loan thing, and I, I sincerely hope that the Supreme Court does strike this down. But the one issue that never gets addressed in this is the absolutely astronomical inflation rate of the cost of education, which they've turned our institutions of higher education into institutions of indoctrination, I think. And instead of teaching our our young people how to think, they're teaching them what to think. And, you know, we've, we've agreed to allow these students to borrow astronomical amounts of money and then they're not impressed by the fact that they have to pay it back. And then when they begin to look at that, they panic. And they expect the rest of us uh, to work our tails off so we can pay for their frivolous spending on their education. Yeah. And this has got to stop, and we need to address the cost of education because the, the borrowing isn't going to stop if we don't address that. Yeah, and our friends on the left would say, well... Well, we agree. Yeah, we, we need to address the cost of education, just like our friends on the on the right would agree that we need to address the cost of education. But our friends on the left would say, we got to give more money to the we got to give more taxpayer money to the to these uh, higher education institutions. These higher education institutions are awash in cash. I mean, I went to the University of Montana in Missoula. I mean, dare we say that the University of Montana now, because of the radical left activism on that campus, has turned into an academic wasteland at this point. You know, and so no matter how much you send to some of these higher education institutions, they just use it to continue to pad their budgets and fund these liberal professors to push their liberal agenda. And and yet, you know, we've still got an academic wasteland uh, taking place in, in, in large part in places like Missoula, tragically. And I think I think that the, there needs to be some merit in what the schools can charge. If, if their graduation rate drops and if their grads can't get jobs, then their education isn't worth that much. So bring the cost of it down. Well, and it's interesting too. There was a uh, a WTOP. Larry, thanks for the call. Thanks for listening in Kalispell. There was a WTOP radio report out of Washington D.C. and. 
in this report, I, I, I finally recycled it because it, it was on my desk for several days, and I thought, I need to clear up some space on my desk here. I got too much stuff in front of me. But in this report, I forget what the specific numbers were, but they, they say in this report that more and more employers now are scrapping college degree requirements. They're saying, you don't need it. We'd rather have people with experience. And it's not just for entry-level jobs and mid-level jobs. Senior-level positions, they are scrapping college degree requirements. It, it reminds me i've got friends who are nurses and work in healthcare, for example and and one friend who's a nurse she's already been working as a nurse for 15 years does a great job could probably run the whole freaking section that she works in but oh no no you have to go get a college degree now why well because we have to check a box so we get rated higher from whatever stupid association gives us our you know our better healthcare bureau ratings for the month it's nonsense it's wasting precious time that you could be spending with your kids uh, you could maybe go on a vacation instead of doing your stupid online training for some stupid college degree you don't even need for a job you've already been doing for 15 years Larry thanks for the rant I've now had too much coffee I'll try to simmer down we got the governor in the house coming up right after this right here in studio montana talks uh back right after this fox news update for well some of our stations uh, i know kinx uh, uh the, well our star radio friends carry fox as well so we're good we're good